Today we have a special treat because uh, I figured that I'm probably not the best person to talk about moms because uh, I ain't a mama. And, but so so we're, I'm going to have some uh, a panel of moms and they're just going to share a little bit. We have a passage of scripture that we're going to go through. It's going to be a lot of fun. So could we just uh, have the, the moms that are going to speak come up and welcome them and and then afterwards, we're going to be praying for all the ladies of the house. And so it's going to be a great, a great time. And so, do we get the mic situated this time? Yes. Almost. Yeah. yeah. She said, I got hers. Um, so, yeah, we're excited today. Uh, this is Dina. This is Robin. And this is, this is my fine mama right here. <laughs> I'm sorry. She's going to help. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that. I'm sorry. It makes me feel so awkward. <laughs> yeah, it makes everyone else feel awkward too. Yeah, I know, probably. good job. Yeah, no, yeah, well, it is what it is. Um, and so, uh, so I love uh, this, this idea of just having a panel of different uh, women in different stages of life, uh, specifically when it comes to kids. And so everyone up here, they, they have uh, little kids and older kids and then kids in between. And, and so it's a, just a great collective of, of, of moms and stories. And, and the reason why I, I wanted us to have just moms up here to share the story is uh, it, it reminds me of what uh, it says in Revelation chapter 12, verse 11, that they overcame the enemy by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony, the word of their story. And uh, every mom, every person here, every one of you, you have a story uh, that God is is working on, working through. There's some things in your story that he's already written, that, that he's completed, but there's so much more, right? And this idea that that up here are stories, testimonies that, that God has written. And uh, man, I think that they're amazing, powerful opportunities. So uh, we're gonna, I have a couple of questions is how today's gonna go. Uh, we'll have a couple of questions. They're gonna just go through the questions that, that we have here, but we're going to be looking through the lens of Luke chapter 8, verse 42 through 48. And if you don't have your Bibles, it's going to be up there in a sec. It says this, as Jesus was on his way, the crowds almost crushed him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, but no one could heal her. She came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak and immediately her bleeding stopped. Who touched me, Jesus said. When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the people are crowding and pressing against you. But Jesus said, Someone touched me. I know that power has gone out from me. Then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet in the presence of all the people. She told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. Verse 48. Then he said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. And I love this story because it's a story of hardship, trial, disappointment. Does that resonate with anyone in this room being disappointed, going through hardships? Um, and, and what we see here is this lady, she, she's having to wait for a period of time. Now, I don't know about you. I hate waiting. I, like, I don't have a patient bone in my body. We talked about waiting a little bit a few weeks ago. But this lady had waited for 12 years. 
See, some of y'all have been waiting for a month, and you're like, Jesus, you're taking too long. You know, like, she, she waited for 12 years. And so uh, this morning, my, my first question to you is, can you relate to a season in time where you just, like, you just had to wait? And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, personally, I am still waiting. Um, my four, five-year-old, he just turned five, he has a, a, he has, I forgot what the diagnosis is, but basically he's delayed with his speech. And I know that um, there's many things that I could say, well, at least, you know, he's a sweet, kind young man, but when you're going through it and you see like a deficit, it's still like, it, it takes a toll on you. And especially if it's your child, it's a different level. Um, in the earlier service, I shared about my health. But more so with my child this time around, he's still dealing with it, but we do see the progress happening. So I praise God for that. Um, he's stringing his sentences. So uh, I'm just, I'm so proud of him and where he's going, but that's really helped me like lean on God's timing. Like his timing is perfect. And it's just great to see the progress too, because like from where he was, I, I look up, look up video, like back when he was just a little baby and he couldn't even get like a vowel out. And so to be where he is today is just a reminder of like, God is, continually working he has not stopped even when we when I feel like defeated or I get frustrated or when he gets frustrated like it's just su such a constant reminder like he is he's he's still working yeah. he's still working <laughs> so second part of those questions that question is a verse that helped you through that oh gosh yes I have a, another verse that that helps me go through it and it's a um, Proverbs chapter three, verse five through six. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and not lean on your own understanding. And this is the second part, which I think is so, so vital. And this is what the woman with the issue of blood showed. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. So I just think that's so powerful. Like I don't lean on my own understanding of the situation God knows and he is, I, but I need to acknowledge him. First and foremost, so yes. That's my magic verse because it applies to absolutely everything, everything all the time and gets you back on track. <laughs> so good. Yeah, well, um, for me, Mother's Day used to be a very difficult and sad day. So it took um, 13 years until I finally became a mom. And so, first of all, I just want to say to anybody who's here today and is longing to be a mom or has lost a mom there's a lot of things that can make us feel sad mm -hmm. on mother's day and i just want you to know that god sees you and he cares wow. thank you um yeah so in my 13 years there was a lot of growing up in my faith that took place i was pretty young when i got married but wanted children before we even started trying and um so Jesus had to go from being my savior to being my Lord. Mm. Was I still going to follow him yeah. if he didn't do what I wanted him to do wow. when I wanted him to do it? And, you know, come on, God, everybody has kids. What, you know, that was, that was a big whammy for me to work through. So I wrestled with him a lot. I bargained with him a lot. And then I surrendered to him, which is the better thing to do. Yeah. And trusted that his plans for my life were good. And 
potentially better than my own ideas. Imagine that. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. That's good. I love what you said. Is he going to be my savior and my Lord? Wow. Yeah. yeah. Like that. If you guys get nothing else, yeah, you did, you got to figure out if he's going to be both your savior <laughs> and your Lord. That that's that's good. Yeah. Um, verse any verse? Yeah. Well, I got to go back to my Psalm 13 again because um, it did help me a lot, and it's a verse. The Psalms, first of all, are a wonderful place to go when you're really struggling, when you're really hurting, when things are taken a while um, because there's a lot of emoting in that book and God it's like he gives permission and he knows that we need to do that and so um, Psalm 13 starts off with like four times it's probably David is saying how long how long how long is this gonna go on and then he starts pleading come on I need your help answer me listen to me but then the last two verses he He finally comes to the conclusion, but I trust in your unfailing love and you are good. And so I just encourage you, I mean, I I won't list them all because there's just way too many, but there's so many, so many, so many wonderful songs out there. That's good. Thank you. (laughs) Um, Okay, so um, I'm desperate now. Um, I'm in the midst of it. A little background is I didn't grow up in church. I didn't grow up knowing God or anything like that. Um, When I became a teenager, I became a feminist witch. And and, um, a little bit later on, a Christian family uh, hired me to be their nanny. And I was a witch as their nanny. And um, I got saved in Atlanta, Georgia when I was their nanny. And so after that, um, I moved back here uh, to help out my family and... um, I had um, I had met my husband and we came here and um, I was told I couldn't have kids, uh, but I got six. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the enemy's a little mad at me. Uh, so uh, my struggles are pretty real. Um, uh, let me see. So um, as the kids grew up and um, we got a business and it was super successful. It was really good. And then all of a sudden um, we lost our business. Um, our finances changed, uh, COVID happened, um, but we found discovery and through discovery, um, it opened up my relationship with God and I no longer, um, worshiped my husband. I worshiped God. And that was a huge problem. Um, so during COVID, um, my children got baptized. Uh, my children found God, and they had they had God before, but it was like a relationship. It was like true, individual, true relationships. And then um, uh, my husband and I uh, were, were kind of going through a separation right now. So my life got like flipped, turned upside down. Um, but because of God, um, I'm super happy. Yeah. Like I would never, ever be able to get through this, to get through raising six kids. They're all teenagers. Um the worry of how I'm going to get them to school, um, who's going to pick them up. I had to get a job. and um, I had jobs on the weekends and stuff, but I work a nine-to-five job now. So um, so with all that, I'm super desperate for God, and God knows that. Mm. So um, while he's not only, like, blessing me in this moment, he blesses so many women around me. Yeah. And so it's kind of cool to watch. So he's kind of breaking me down a little bit, and he's like, just just, just chill. You know, it's all right. Just wait. Mm. And so... Um, 
Mm -hmm. So that's my little desperation story. That's so cool. <laughs> so, Do you have a verse? I think you should have I know that it's um, Matthew 6 and uh, I'm going to say 6 and 25 because I just want to say this part first. So it says, um, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. It is not is not life more than food and the body more than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store, or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. And I'm gonna jump down a little bit. And it says, um, and 20, and why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like the one of these. That's good. That's so good, so good. And what I love too is like, every kid that goes to church is serving. Like here, like her son's doing sound right now, and her her daughters do kids and connection hub. It's it's phenomenal, and so thank you for sharing that. Uh, so the story, going back to the story of the lady with the issue of blood. Here, here's what's so fascinating to me is that uh, it says that she waited 12 years uh, before her healing, before she she received her healing. And if you read uh, the story in the Gospel of, find it, John, Mark, in the Gospel of Mark, and it says that she had spent all of her money on doctors. So for 12 years, she, she was like trying to find the best doctor out there, the doctor to heal her, and uh, nothing worked. Nothing worked. And she, like she literally became broke. She spent all of her money trying to be healed and uh, nothing worked. And so it was that that led her to what we read where she was trying to, to, to just to, to seek Jesus. And, and, and so here, here's why I find this fascinating is because in this story, we're like, oh, this woman, she had so much faith. She just, she knew to run to Jesus, you know? But really, that's what, that's what it looks like. But in reality, it was like, well, if I've tried everything else, I guess I have, this is my last shot. So like, that, maybe you can run, maybe you're better than me. Maybe you go to Jesus first. But there are times in my life where it feels like I'm trying to go every other avenue try to turn every other stone yeah. over. Yeah. And then I'm like, whoa, this isn't going to work. God, I, maybe not. Maybe now I can turn to you. Yeah. And, and so if you can relate to that, it's great news because that's what she did in this story. Okay. She, she, like, she tried everything mm -hmm. and nothing worked. And it led her to this place uh, to where Jesus was. And so my second question is, uh, can you share a time where you were like, man, I just, I have nothing left. Like, just this, you, you're all I, Jesus, you're all I have here. Like, this is like a desperation. You kind of shared it a little bit, Dina, but like, I'm wondering for the two of you, if there is a time where. I, I feel like desperate. Yeah, where, where you're like, okay, Jesus, I'm going to give you your turn. <laughs> and like, you try it. Uh, I feel like, well, I think as humans, we just innately try to, 
control things. Mm. And I think that's what I'm doing with raising my kids and how it is right now. Like I have a, a 12 year old, he's an amazing young kid, super sweet. But him and I, we, 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 yeah. They don't physically throw hands, guys, okay? <laughs> we did once, but we were playing. Oh, that's right, that's right. Remember, you were eight. You took her out, yeah. I took uh, him out. Took him out, yeah. Nope. But anyways, uh, so anyways, like that's like where I'm at. That's the stage I'm at. Like, oh my God, what, what can I do differently? How can I mother this child differently? So it's, it's, it's a true desperation. And, and I know like John's always like reminding me the scripture of like, God, like there are, are God's greatest gifts. Um, and it's easier said than done, but I do like, I do find myself where like, my God, I don't know what to do. All I know is that I just got to love him. That's why you gave him to me. I just got to speak words of life into him. And so just trying to do it the way that God has shown me. I, I think that's a thing is like sometimes I forget how much God has shown me the grace and the love. And so I just have to remind that I just need to reflect that. And um, yeah, so I'm desperate for God just to help me with that, the season of life that I'm in. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's real. It's real. Dina's like, rookie. <laughs> She's like, I have six. I'm just kidding. Kind of. Well, I feel like I'm currently in a journey of desperation for focus. Ooh. And and dealing with distraction mm -hmm. and and I think that well I know that God's really been leading me in that and so um, I tend to if I'm anxious about something freaking out I want to figure it out and fix it myself and I tend to my default is to go to the internet but what do I do? And then I just thought, you know, there's that verse, my lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? Google. My help does not. Exactly. It's like, God's like, no, hello. I'm here. So that process of, Jesus, I want to go to you first. I want to go to you first every time. I don't want to be distracted. Or I'll just be having my devotion time and 20 thoughts pop in my head and now I can get distracted and find myself shopping on Amazon instead of doing my devotion. I kid you not. It's happened. It's like, oh, I need this. I better, I better order that now. I'll get back to this. No. So what God has shown me to do, and I've only been doing it for a week, but I hope I do it forever, is I have my, um, what do I call it? I've given it a funny name. But anyway, my distraction list. So I've got a notebook, and when these things pop into my head, and I'm thinking, I don't want to forget, I just write it down. I, I'm, it's okay, I can stop long enough to write that down, but it can wait. Yeah. This is my it-can-wait list, and I'm going to go back and focus on the one who has all the answers. And then if it's important, I'll get back to it. And I might look at it later in the day and go, that was stupid. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, desperate for faith. Yeah, because again, that was I. Yeah. I kind of touched on it, but um, I say I'm a little bit desperate for forgiveness, um, only because um, I think every day I like do something wrong as a parent. Like I think I got it, and then 
I'll say something to my kids is totally wrong. And, um, and I think God's taught me, like, it's okay to be wrong. And even though I, I, I hear, like, angry sometimes or I'll yell at my kid, like, mornings are the worst. Um, so come on, I'll, parents. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I'll come back and be like, oh, you know, I'll, I'll calm down. I'll be like, I'm sorry. But um, what's the most important part that I think that I've been desperate for is telling my kids that, hey, I was wrong. Like, mm. I'm sorry. Like, honoring them a little bit and being like, hey, I'm sorry. Mom's wrong. I was, I, I made a mistake. Like, and they're like, okay, they're, they're always so forgiving. Some of them will look at me and be like, uh -huh. like you know, but um, in reality, like, me forgiving myself and knowing that God's forgiven me, I can honor my children and tell them, like, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that honors them a little bit more and lifts them up a little bit more and yeah. lets them know that when they make mistakes, like, it's all right, you yeah, know, yeah, like yeah, you can yeah. confront someone and be like, hey, I'm sorry. Yeah. You know? yeah. That's so good. Love it. Um, that's so good. Thank you. <laughs> I was saying something, but I'm not going to say it. <laughs> Sometimes my head works really weird, my mind. Um, but so the story, back to the story. Here's this lady, 12 years. She spent all of her money. She like... She has no answers. And so she hears about this guy, Jesus, coming to town. And she's like, well, maybe he can heal me. And what I love is that it says in verse 44, it says that she came up behind Jesus and she stretched out her hand and instantly she was healed. And I love it because... It shows a couple of things to me. The first thing it shows that uh, like Jesus can do whatever you want, no matter, no matter the season, no matter the time, no matter the moment. Uh, he didn't have to turn around and be like, I bless you, my child. You know, and like then she was healed. And said that like it was actually her willingness, her desperation to to go forward was the reason she was healed. Like God is a good God. He wanted to heal her, but it was her willingness to press forward. And, and then uh, Jesus, he, Jesus is funny because you know Jesus knows the answer. And he said, uh, who touched me? And Peter's like, uh, everyone touched you, Jesus. Like it's a crowd. There's people surrounding you. Everyone touched you. And he said, no, no. So like I felt someone touch me and I felt my power leave. And I was thinking about how Peter had said that there, everyone, there's people all around you. And this idea, like this lady had to push past all these people in order for her to receive the healing that she's been wanting and waiting for. And uh, this, this morning, my question to you is like, what, what is your obstacle? See, like, the, there were people, but really these people played the role of an obstacle, of, of getting in the way of this lady getting to Jesus. And so, so this morning, like, whatever you're believing God for, I, I'm wondering what, what is that obstacle that, that you have to be willing to be desperate enough to push past in order to get to the feet of Jesus? Like, maybe for some of you, it's pride. Maybe for some of you, it's unbelief. 
Maybe for some of you, it is people, the people in your circle, the people that, that surround you. And so uh, I, I want you to just begin to think like, well, what is that thing? What is that, what is that obstacle that's preventing me from getting there? And so uh, we're going to transition into a time uh, where we're going to pray for, for all the ladies in the house. And, but I, I wanted to share, my wife brought this to my attention. It says, uh, the very last thing that Jesus says in the passage that we read, the very last thing, he says, daughter, your faith has healed you, which is great. But then he says, go in peace. Go in peace. Like this idea that desperation unlocks peace. That, that this desperation, and, and I would even propose to you this morning that maybe it's not even being desperate for the thing that you're looking for God to do, but maybe it's just, can I just become desperate for Jesus? And then as a result of that, he unlocks whatever peace that I'm needing in my life. That he unlocks whatever uh, whatever I am believing him for in my life. Desperation unlocks peace.